This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the MK1 podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Another game gone by and uh, another defeat, unfortunately, for the Dons, in which is a uh, wow, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty dismal at the moment. I won't lie to you, and I think everyone listening to this podcast uh, has exactly the same feelings as me. And I know two gents on the call who I saw last night at the game, and who, which definitely wasn't six thousand people, by the way, in that stadium, but um, it was a. Uh, Ross, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the best game, was it overall? Well, I think this this is the perfect platform for us to rant instead of on our social medias. And I think this is one of the reasons why we did create this podcast was to vent our frustrations. And uh, I think I think this is a perfect time to do so. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. That that is one of the primary reasons we create this podcast is to when it is bad, we can come onto here and just uh, have a little chat for an hour and head off and uh, carry on with our lives, but. Yeah, I mean, it's not great, is it, Joe? But, you know, luckily uh, luckily, it's more than football at the moment, a slot. And uh, you had a little wagamose for the game last night, so that was decent. Yeah, there was, <clears throat> excuse me. I wish, yeah. Although my post-match pre- depression chocolate milkshake was not on offer, predictably, at McDonald's. So um, it's not all rosy, Liam. <laughs> You asked me, no, mate. The ice cream machines there just aren't never working, so it's uh, it's not a surprise. Uh, a bit like this Don's team at the moment, unfortunately, just not seem to click, and the results are happening on the pitch. And obviously, with with our with our tweet earlier on, we we asked you guys for all your thoughts regarding a free highlight questions. Um, and the first question of one of those three was, "What the hell's going on? What's going wrong uh, with this Don size?" Obviously, this. This time, 12 months ago, we were, well, I can't remember exactly where we were, but we definitely in the top six, um, five for promotion. Yes, there's different players, but same coaching staff, um, you know, same people in the stands watching the team. And obviously, uh, as, as of last night, we are 22nd in League One, uh, two teams below us, Burton and Morecambe, 
Um, you know, I'd like to think uh, are worse than us, but who knows? I mean, we beat Morecambe four 0 so that kind of gives you a gauge of how bad Morecambe are. Um, so of course we've we've got all your responses, which we've made notes of, and we'll get to uh, in a bit. But I want to ask us free as free as a as a podcast what we feel's gone wrong so far. So, Joe, why don't you kick us off, mate, with uh, with question one about what's gone wrong at Milton Keynes Dons? I think it is a little bit of everything. I know that's just a cop-out answer, but I don't think there's just one thing that you can nail down and uh, nail down on. We've spoken before about how the transfer market, it's a very difficult one to navigate. And it's almost as if we've not necessarily recruited for this season, which I, you know, I, is, for me, is a valid valid way to go you know you can't just try and go for instant success all the time you know we've seen clubs like Berry really throw the kitchen door at it and if it doesn't work you're leaving the club in a bad position so I completely get that I think there's you know there's teams now that are really settled are growing are building things um, we're down the pecking order you know nowadays we're getting six six thousand barely apparently, on a Tuesday night game. I, mean, I remember in League One having attendance, an average attendance of over 10,000. These things don't... Nest, these things translate to off the pitch as well. You know, that the promotion, the, the playoff campaign that we had last season was the first time we've competed for the League One playoffs in eight, nine years. So, like, in the last 10 years, we've competed in the League One playoffs or competed for the League One playoffs and then we got promised we got promoted as well in 14-15 it's not our natural habitat so to speak um, so I think expectation was always going to be a difficult one um, so that, that you got that recruitment and sort of club side of it I guess you've then got you know the management and a lot of people say you know people are, are obviously People are very quick to blame the manager. I have sympathy with the manager because he'd done a great job last season. And this season, you know, 14 new players. Um, I was actually just having a little look. And in terms of last season, um, sorry, if you bear with me, in terms of last season, sort of the top maybe 10 appearance makers for us, the only ones we've got left are Warren O'Hora, Dean Lewington, Dan Harvey. Um, and then and then you're going all the way down looking at, say, someone like Tanai Watson, who was like maybe 12th highest appearance maker from last season. Um, so it's, just, it's really struggling for continuity. Um, you've got Josh McEachern as well, but he's coming come back from an injury. Um, so I think, you, you know, there's, the spine, there's no spine in that team that's been left over. So it is essentially a rebuild. Um, and then, you know, you can also then look at Manning and say, well, this season we've played like four different formations in 12 games. We've played 3-5-2. Uh, we've played 4-2-3-1. We've played a box formation with wingers. We've played a box formation with attacking midfielders. And we've also played, you know, 3-4-3 with wingers. <clears throat> so, you know, we've, there's a real variety of things that Manning's been trying. And let's be honest, we've had one... We've had two good performances this season. Sheffield Wednesday and Watford. Oxford was better, but we did concede a lot of chances. 
um, at Oxford. So it's just been, you know, what, last night, the thing that disappointed me most was the creativity. Only two teams have conceded a higher XG than Bristol Rovers. So in terms of keep conceding chances, among one of the worst teams in the league and defended their box. We had two open play shots in the whole game. And, what, and one of them was a 35-yard attempt that was blocked about two yards after Bradley Johnson hit it. And the other one was a weak header, which the goalkeeper just caught. Well, I don't know what you can put that down to. Confidence is probably on the floor. Um, certain chants and goings on in the crowd probably aren't going to help that. And it's... I guess, you know, one of our questions later on is what can be done to help that? It's, um, that's the million-dollar question, I guess. Yeah, a lot of very good race points and a lot of points which um, the responses that we got certainly echoed that. And I think we'll we'll get into those thoughts later on. And But before we do that, Ross, why don't you uh, let us know what you're thinking, mate, in regards to uh, what's going on at Milton Keynes, mate? I agree with Joe. I, I do feel like it's, as, as Joe mentioned, it's a combination of things, but I think, um, I think recently, I'm, I'm not um, disagreeing the fact that performances have, they've been crap. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, I won't paper over the crack to, cracks because I do feel like the Oxford performance did do that. Um, and yeah, I agree. Um, going forward last night, we, we, we created nothing, but defensively, um, it should have been, it should have finished nil nil. That's the be all and end all, and I think that's just that result last night shows where we are as a football club at the moment. And yeah, we can talk about confidence. We can talk about this and that. And for me, it's a bit of a weird one because of obviously the main vocal, uh, the main the main point or where everyone uh, points towards is the manager. And yes. We can say that, yes, he, he hasn't done a great job, but a good manager does not turn bad overnight. That's how I'm seeing it. He, yes, granted, he inherited a Russ Martin team. Yes, but he still had to take that team and do a job with it. And, yeah, granted, we went on and um, we finished where we are. And the key thing with me was the momentum. We could have grasped that, that momentum from last year and we could have took it onto the pitch. And yes, we we lost a lot of players and we brought in a lot of um, players in. And I do understand the, the youth of the team and this and that. But at the moment, I do not believe it's ta- we're, we're, we're tactically bad. I think individuals are letting us down at the moment. Yesterday, it was an individual for the penalty. I've, what we conceded four penalties this season. Manning can't teach that. That's just discipline of the players. And yes, me, I know obviously me and you, Liam, spoke about it in the stands. And you say about the discipline, and when you lose your discipline, you you question whether they're playing for the manager and this and that. But for me, as an individual and as a footballer, for you to be playing in League One, you've got to do the fundamental and the the principles the basic principles of the game right. And they're not doing that. And yeah, we looked at Warren O'Hora. We looked at Harvey. We looked at Josh McEachran, Louis. They're, they're not bad players. We know they're not bad players. And we know they're not relegation standard 
obviously, if we're looking at the table right now, relegation standard, we know they're not bad players. They're just shot of confidence. And I think, I think at the moment is, and we, we, I know they do a lot of talking through these interviews about collective and we're, we're together as a group and this and that. But the thing what disappoints points me the most is the fact that that these all these players they're resorting to safe football and it's pumping it up long and I know obviously that there's there's shouts of keeping it on the floor and I completely agree. Josh McEachran, when at his best, he plays it on the floor. He's it's not when he he's doing a forty yard through ball to Will Gregg, who's what five ten, five eleven. It doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. And I think there's so many issues at at this football club that you you can say it's this and that. And I forget the board for the time being. Forget it. We we're with this squad until January now, so we've got to stick with this squad. There's there's no harsh way of going around it. But the thing what we can change is is just have a bit of faith in these players. And I know they haven't been giving us a lot of faith back, but in the same breath moaning at players and saying they're not fit to wear the shirt, it's not going to get us anywhere. And I feel all these young players, Dawson, Devoy, Burns, Barry, they're all really young players. And um, Okoke, he's in his first loan of the season. This is what I mean. Like Their, their first experiences as a footballer in men's football, sorry, it's a, it's a negative one. And I, I just feel, yeah, yeah, they're not playing great at the moment, but we saw at Watford what they can do when they're on form. And I just feel it all goes back to the formation also for me in terms of the 4-3-3. I think we played the 4-3-3 against, I might be wrong, against Watford. Um, I, I think it was Barry and Burns. Barry and Burns and then Dennis up top. And we created so much. And I think with me is, I think we've got so many wingers why don't you? Why don't we utilize it instead of playing Coyote and Grig up top? Yeah, great Coyote last night. He didn't get much of the ball, and I understand to a degree why he played physical, could get in the box. We didn't get anywhere near that, and I think having Will Grig up top on his own is pointless in my eyes. And I think it's probably worth putting another midfielder on at that point. It's it's that pointless, but yeah, I think. I think there's loads of problems at the club at the moment and no one's right or wrong. I just feel, I think it's a, it's a case of, as fans, we, we, we don't need to get toxic. And I think that, that yes, that goes around in the stands and I think that's where arguments are created and it's a case of we, we need to stick together. And these players, I think Joe mentioned it after the game, they're, they're contracted to the club. So they're, they're not here for the short term, they're here for some years to come. And I think Sweeten had that in his mind as well. So I think going forward, it's a case of just just trying to back the boys. And I know it's hard to say that, but yeah, I guess that's my point. But yeah, Ross, yeah. I mean, I think the one point you did make that I like sort of struck out to me was that, you know, they all these lads speak about it being a collective at the moment. And I just don't think it is. I'm, I'm sorry, I really don't. I feel you've got on one hand, look at the pre-match Rest of Rose example you've got. On one hand, Bradley Johnson coming out and saying, they're really, really, really in the game and they're really going for it. And then you got Manning after the game saying, oh, yeah, we, we came out to the game to just try and get a point, essentially, get a nil-nil and maybe nick a goal to get a one-nil. It's just, I think Manning is, he mentioned about him being realistic and I think he is, he's, he's very realistic, trust me. I think he knows that these players aren't good enough and 
I think he has been let down by the recruitment a lot. Um, and Liam Sweeting and his team, unfortunately, and that's and that's a common theme that's come out today, and it's good coming out for weeks. And it's um, it is a mix of everything, but I, I think that without going to too many questions, something does does have to change. And you look at it, and you're right. We have got these players till at least January, so something has to change. Well, according to Toby, lots something has to change now. So it's not the players for two months. I don't think it's the manager unless Winkleman decides that he feels he's not fit after a some few more losses. Maybe with Plymouth and Wickham, we lose those two games, and he thinks that's enough, and he sends them, sends them away. Or I don't know else, I don't know else you can change. Is there an attitude change? But and then again, those players have been there for months. So it's really hard to do that over time. It takes a lot of time to build, as we know, culture. It takes ages to build culture. You can't just change that overnight. So you're looking at a situation where something needs to change, but you don't want to change anything. And that's just to send you down a dark, dark hole to which we'll be, we'll be in League 2 next season as that happens. So I think for me, it's... But go back to the question, what's wrong? Everything's wrong. Uh, recruitment was wrong. Tactics are wrong. Players, for me, aren't, aren't doing enough. And maybe that's their fault. Maybe that's the manager's fault. Who knows? But they're not doing enough right now on the pitch, as clearly showed last night. They're not creating enough chances and they can't keep a clean sheet. And whether that's from silly mistakes or just um, just playing a better team like Peterborough or probably Plymouth on Saturday. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I think for me it's tough watch at the moment, and I'm I'm not too sure where we go right now, and that's the worrying thing. I think for me, I feel that if there was if I'd be better off, I'd be better for me if there's a clear answer to sort of say, I feel that this person needs to go or that person needs to sit on the bench or this person needs to, um, I don't know, go on a holiday or something. But I don't know that right now, and I can't tell you what the answer is. So for me, that's where. The concern comes from in the fact that I can't pinpoint it on one person. It seems to be, in many ways, like there is a collective, and the collective is doing sweet FA right, quite frankly. So, I I don't agree with I don't agree with people say Manning out, but at the same time, I look at the squad, I look at what he's implementing on the pitch, and I'm like, okay, what's going to change in the next couple of games that's going to keep him in the job? I can't see much, to be honest with you. Uh, and, that's, and that's the honest truth. Um, so, yeah, I will, I will not be shocked if he's out of the job a couple of days, to be honest, or a couple of games. So, yeah, that's a, that's a sort of a summary of what's gone wrong. As you can see, it's a, it's a, a whole mix of answers. Everyone's different opinions on it. And as, as Ross said, no one's really wrong. But, you know, sometimes I think there is, there is certain things that we shouldn't do in the stands, like, you know, abuse players and chout certain chance at certain players um during games that doesn't really help anyone and all we can do is back the boys on the pitch and hope they turn it around but um at the same time something does need to change and the people inside the club will know that best so we have to put faith in them to to do it basically um and some people have zero faith in them um i'd like to think us three lads have a bit more faith than that um and we'll see what happens i suppose but uh, let's get into your responses. Um, so, I mean, as you can imagine, the top form is recruitment. Um, I can list off so many names that mentioned recruitment. Uh, Paul, Jack, Carl, Craig. Um, Nick mentioned the lack of funding and ambition for recruitment this season. Um, lack of investment from John, which is an interesting comment I'm sure will pick up. Um, 
So let's start there, actually. Lack of investment. Joe, I know, obviously, we're all three of us, really, but me and you have spoke a lot about investment of this squad this summer. Um, am I right in saying that technically Dons have spent... Okay, yes, they've made loads of they've made millions of pounds this summer, but haven't they spent the second most on transfer fees this summer in terms of, in terms of those? Ipswich have spent more. Only Ipswich has spent more, so I beg your pardon. And just to add on that point... Um, yeah, uh, lack of investments. Funny one. I mean, we only Ipswich spent more on on player um, player transfers in the summer. Um, and in terms of just actual money, uh, the year ended twenty twenty one. So obviously this is COVID related as well. But club lost two point eight million uh, through player played player trading. So that, this would have included sales of Reese Healy, Alex Gilby, um, Conor McGrandall's moving on, Regan Paul, players like that. That that um, brought us up to two point one million in profit. So we still lost over seven hundred thousand over fifty weeks in a year. That's what fourteen grand a week that has to be found. Um, and then the year before that, the year ended twenty twenty. Um, you know, you've got a £3.2 million loss after player, play, player trading. I, I don't know what where people think that Wing Pete's going to get this money from. He's, he is investing. He's investing every year to keep the club going. In terms of the how the club operates, we had operating expenses of £7 million last season. In, in, so this is the 2021 season we're talking about. So it's, it's, I know it's a couple of seasons back. But this is where we finished, uh, I think it was mid-table under us, 13th or something. Yeah, yeah. Know what people expect. We don't have a billionaire owner. It's it's just, you know, this is where, you know, a lot of people see these figures of all these transfer fees, but they don't see that actually you, you, you know, you might... You might be getting in five million here, or you might have a wage bill of six million a year. So you've got to fund that somehow. Um, but you know, as as I mean you well, we all know now. Um, you know, the, the club has for the division spent a lot of money on players this summer, and you know, we, we go from spending I think it was basically two hundred k on Jack Tucker and spending near enough half a million on the Irish lads over time once they get their add-ons done. So. You know, it's a it's a lot of money on because they potential, but yeah, that that figure kind of proves that you know uh, the lack of investment point is a uh, is one which I don't know. I, I struggle to sort of see, to be honest. So yeah, I think we've addressed Nick's points of lack of funding, but I mean, Ross, what do you think about lack of ambition this season in terms of the window? Um, obviously, we've brought some lads over from Ireland, which is the first time we've done that in. Well, not not too long, but you know, it's been a been a while since we've done that level of investment in a in a one market before. I and mean, what do you what do you think about the like ambition comments? I, mean, I don't I don't think it's it's right to say that because of we went for the diff, different market approach due to these big clubs like Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday. Obviously, they had the year back from uh, COVID, and they were getting a but a lot of their budgets back, and they knew their gates were going to be a lot higher this year, and. They had so many factors which were greater than ours. And I think Manning knew, uh, Manning and Sweeten knew they had to go for a different approach. And yeah, at the moment, it looks like a, a poor approach. But I think 
they went for more long term. And yes, we, we, we talk about the potential. And it's, it's, it is a brave one. It is a brave one, uh, for sure. And obviously, we're brought through Devoy, Burns, countless young young talents, and we gambled. And yeah, granted, gamble hasn't paid off. But I think what our fans need to realise is we're not going to have windows like last season where we signed Matt O'Reilly and he turned out to be who he is today. And then we... we Second coming of Christ. <laughs> Kyoso, he went on to Rotherham. Um, and obviously, we, we got lucky with getting Jamie back. Uh, Harry Darling, he went on. Scott Twine, he went on elsewhere. We, we knew we were punching above our weight with that squad. So it was a case of being realistic this season. And I'm not saying this squad at, the, at this time is, is bottom half team. So I genuinely do believe once we, and I'm hoping we get it right, this team can, in my eyes, push top half. Um, it's it's bold to say now, but I've I think through that Watford performance, and I know we can we can hold on to that, and that's the only positive we've got at the moment. But I just feel, again, we th- these players these players we know it, they've got the ability in them. It's just just not clicking at the moment. And I guess just going back to your question in terms of the ambition, I don't feel feel like there's a lack of ambition because of we all know we want to get out of this league, but we're up against ex-Premier League teams and people need to realise this Pompey, ex-Prem, Ipswich Sheffield Wednesday I think at the moment I wouldn't question the ambition but I'd question the responsibilities and the performance of the players first before that Plymouth also get 15,000 a game this season they've had 15,000 in um in, in I think four four of their home games already, and the other ones have been like 14, 13. We're getting we're scraping six, and in terms of people actually there, we know it's near a five. So it's just you know we're up against as you say, mate. Yeah, yeah, there is, there is there is levels to this game at the moment, and Don's are certainly not on that level at all. Um, a few a few other points that um, were mentioned that were a bit you know not just not as common as recruitment. Um, and one that I'm sure we, we agree with in terms of the constant transition on the pitch. Obviously, injuries have not helped that, but, you know, we've we've mentioned that, you know, we've seen about 10 different formations this season, it feels like. And, I mean, I don't want to say the word, but it feels like people are getting a bit desperate, to be honest, to make try and make things work. Um, and really, you can see it being affecting the performance, can't you, Joe? It's, there's, not, there's, no, there's no consistency for the players, consistency for the fans, and it's a... Uh, I get that we need to get results, but it's it's quite it's quite a frustrating one at the same time. Yeah, and I think um, you know I can, I can just think of the last few games we've had back fours of you know Warren O'Hora in the middle, Tucker on the right, Louis on the left. Then we've had Jules on the left, but then we've also had Tucker and O'Hora swapped around. We've all had Henry Lawrence on right wing back, and we've had Oyegoke right wing back. So you know you've got as you say six, seven different combinations there just in. In the last, um, you know, in, in and, and we're twelve games into the season, um, and that can't be. And and then to add to that, back four as as well. Um, so that can't help with mistakes with knowing where people are. We've had so many different combinations in the midfield. Um, we, average age yesterday was twenty six point nine. You know, I know we always go on about how we're a young team and they're learning. 
the average age was 20, nearly 27 yesterday. You know, you got Lewington, Bradley Johnston, Josh McEachran, um, Dan Harvey, you know, he's nearly, he's 24, 25 now. St still a young, not an old player, but he's probably got, you know, maybe 150, 200 professional games under his belt. Uh, Will Grieg as well, of course, in the team. We, we're not, it's not just a bunch of kids playing at the moment. And, or especially in, in, in the game last night. And chopping and changing system, I just, you know, I think we, remember we saw last season, the best time we had last season was when we had, we could predict that back, it was almost a running joke. Yeah, back, yeah. We didn't even bother talk about on our predictions, um, on our preview podcast, because it was, it was, that was, that was it. Everything else was set in stone. Um, and and we had a brilliant defensive record towards the end of last season. Now, three three members of that back five are still here. There's only the only changes is Darlin has left and the right wing backs left. But then to counter that, we haven't brought a right wing back in because we were clearly all pre-season and the first three games of the season we were playing front of the back. So you know, Oyegoke, he has got a lot of stick, and. Feel for him because he's obviously not a right wing back. He's obviously not not used to play as a winger effectively in that system. That's what we asked them to do. Last two windows when we've been playing three at the back, we've had the likes of Laird, we've had the likes of Tanai come in, and we've had um, uh, Kessler Hayden because they suit the system. You know this this lad, Port bless him, he's been asked to play in a position that just doesn't suit his qualities and. Do you know what well, you got Gokke's best performance of the season? It was Watford when he away. played right centre against Watford. Yeah. Um, I also had a look at that Watford game. Um, we played 4-3-2-1 uh, with two pacey wingers off Grigg in Burns and in uh, Barry. They started the game. The next game, we won 4-0 at Morecambe. We had Burns and Grant playing off Will Grigg. Exeter, we had Grant and Burns playing off Grigg. And it seems since that Exeter game, we've just changed it. You know, we had a bit of momentum. I think we won the Carabao Cup game against Sutton. And then we might have had, a, I can't remember the exact schedule, but it just seems like since the Exeter game, we've been changing every single week, chopping and changing. We've been, and I think that, you know, yesterday when I saw that lineup, it was 3 5 2. And I just thought there's no way in hell we're creating anything. And in the last five games combined, combined so added together we've got an xg an open play of 0.95 that means the chances we created on average wouldn't aren't worthy of a goal basically in five games in open play and those are games against bristol rovers shrewsbury peterborough oxford and bolton you know they're not against ipswich portsmouth sheffield wednesday they're against you know, Bristol, you know, they're against some decent teams, but three of those teams are in the bottom half. It's, it's, yeah. And this is where, where I maybe lean on things being more towards the manager's door. You know, Ross, you know, Ross mentioned about the recruitment isn't, you know, he said about um, when we're not necessarily a bottom half side. And we've seen what these players can do but it's just about getting that consistently out of them and 
I don't know how you can consistently get performances when nothing else is consistent. And yeah, I think Joe, that, that last point kind of leads to a nice to second question in the terms of, you know, what do we change? Um, I think for me, there's there's two options. You either go back to the system they're recruited for, which is a, a 43 one or a fallback with wingers, and just play football for a few months, see how it goes. Um, or you you make a change, and, and that change is probably having the change in the dugout. Um, I don't see many other options out of those outside of those two that can really um, get this season going. I think January is too late, um, unless you're literally going to change the systems again. Uh, but at least stick with one this time and not, as I said, change four change to four formations in the last five games. Over it's been. Um, Yes, I just change system for one final time and see how we get on for a few months. So, um, yeah, make a change in the dugout. I think I think that's where I sort of stand on that front. Um, but don't know you're thinking, Ross? Yeah, I completely agree. But I think if obviously you speak about your latter point of changing in the dugout, I feel if if you are to do that and you get a manager in. He's going to want his own players. He's going to want his own formations. And yeah, yeah. We're back to we're, we're back to square one. Where yeah, Manning's he's he's scrapping he's scrapping for wins at the moment, and it looks like at the moment he's willing to change up formations, um, play, dropping certain players, um, and I just feel you you really need need to be careful what you wish for at the moment because of if you do obviously. If, if if he does lose the next obviously few, he's got, he he knows he's under pressure. But I just feel getting a new manager in and then having the exact same issues it, is something to be aware of. But at the same time, I do understand that that we're recruited for four at the back. So I guess I kind of obviously agree with your first point in terms of we we need to stick what we're recruited for and um, hope it changes. But if it, if that doesn't work, well. Who else are we to blame? This is this is the issue we've got here, and I think we 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 can always blame the manager. And I think when results don't go your way, and and obviously results aren't going your way, and we're we're falling down the table like we are. Everyone, the manager becomes a scapegoat, I guess, um, at a club. And yes, you, you mentioned about that someone has to be to blame for this poor run of form at the start of the season, but. In terms of uh, Manning himself, I just personally, I think a lot of it is individuals letting us down instead of tactical. Yeah, and I'll go back to the point of there being lack of a collective again. Um, and unfortunately, um, whether that's, well, whether that's a player's not playing for the manager, whether that's they're not believing in what he's trying to coach them, um, something there is not right. And we cannot just be stagnant and do nothing we have to do something I don't care really what it is at this point but it has to change we cannot just sit there for two months and do sweet FA and just get relegated it's it's not an option quite frankly um, talking about killing a club that could kill a club doing that especially with our debts as they are so we have to yeah we have to do something um, I think well not much I'm not going to say that point but yeah something's got to be done um, and not sure what that is right now, but I think there's a few options that we do have. I much prefer option one, trust me. But the way Manning's been going recently, he's option one isn't looking very likely at the moment. Um, so hopefully that hopefully that changes and hopefully that's um 
we'll see what happens there. But uh, Joe, what do you reckon, mate? What, what would you change? Yeah, I mean, after the game, I can't remember if it was Manning or Dino, Dean Lewington that said, you know, we wanted to try and try and be more solid at the back. It was Manning, and and yeah, and we and we almost sacrificed the attacking side of our game, and I almost burst out laughing in terms of what attacking side of the game. We've not had an attacking side. Well, we 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 have created the lowest. XG and chances by far in the league, by by far. Not even it's not even close. And I think with some of the players that we've got, it's, it is a joke. It really just isn't. It is baffling to be honest. How we're not creating a more conducive attacking unit. And you know we've seen, like I said, we've seen so many different players that are chopped and change. And you know I completely understand what Ross is saying in terms of. You know, it, to be fair, at the back, individuals may have let us down at times. Set pieces and uh, penalties being given away. You know, Dawson making a, a, a silly challenge on Saturday with his um, red card. But, you know, that, that maybe is an excuse for some of the goals we've conceded. But it's not as if we've been scoring many. And I think with some of the players we've got, to not even be... Looking, you know, at times last night, I, I know Ross mentions about the the long balls and stuff. Um, you know, our central midfield last night, in terms of, um, you know, Bradley Johnson, he's a central midfielder, and his pass accuracy was sixty one percent. And Matt Smith, a central midfielder, pass accuracy fifty nine percent. Warren O'Hara, sixty four percent. Zach Jules, seventy percent. Um, Dan Harvey. Uh, 68% and Oyegoke, 59%. Last season, where we used to seeing these figures be in the 80s, even 90s for some of the players. You know, McEachran and Lewington were pretty much the only ones of our players that could keep the ball. Now, I was looking at it last night and we had a couple of times where we turned over the ball, but there was nothing in front of them. Nowhere for the players to actually pass to. And so the long balls seemed like the only options. And for me, that is because of the system, perhaps, you know, because if we say had a striker that was coming deep and one come deep and one stay up, then I'd say, great, this, I'd, I'm well up. For, you know, Grig and Coyote, they're not bad strikers, I don't think. But if you've got people like Kessler Hayden pumping balls into the box, brilliant. But when you don't have that play, those sorts of style, style of players that can suit you, the strikers you're playing, then I don't think, you know, I just think it it was almost doomed to start. I know it's, I know it's easy to say looking back now, but it was almost doomed from the start. Um, and I do find myself questioning what, you know, what, what, what can we do? And like, and, you know, I would like to see a change back to the 4-2-3-1 and I'm more than willing to give Liam Manning time if this happens but I need to see some signs of positive change because I think so far we're seeing lots of change <clears throat> excuse me but nothing is sticking and if we're gonna you know it's almost you know come on go back to your convictions you obviously must think so strong about the 4231 something has changed your mind but you know you, you were so strong about it in the first place that we committed a whole sort of summer rebuild to this formation right let's let's see that through because we we 
yeah, we weren't great against Cambridge, but we weren't great against Cambridge last season. Um, so, and Sheffield Wednesday was unfortunate. Ipswich, look, we got done by, we, we actually could have equalised at Ipswich, but we just, you know, we did get done a few times by just, just Lewington, you know, he's not a left-back anymore, unfortunately. Um, but like I said, you know, it wasn't all doom and gloom. It wasn't great, don't get me wrong, um, at the start of the season, but, you know, we've got players back now. You know, you've got likes of McEachran back. You've got O'Hora. You've got Johnson now, you know, sort of, he's been, he's got a few games under his belt. Mo Ice is back on the grass. Tonight, hopefully not too far away. You know, we're going to have these players sort of coming back in slowly but surely. So, yeah, like you said, my option would be, let's just, let's just change it and go back to this four at the back formation, what we actually recruited for, because this three at the back just is not working. But if that isn't the case, then, you know, what is the one thing that you can change in the club? It, you know, unfortunately, that would be a change of personnel in the dugout. I'm not calling for that. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. He definitely bloody deserves it. Um, so I guess it's almost over to you, Liam Manning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, obviously, I agree with that comment. Um, and... I don't know. I don't know how long he's got to show that change, but my money wouldn't be on too long, uh, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, it's it's put up or shut up time, quite frankly, on that front. Um, getting on to some of your responses, um, yeah, obviously quite a few on the sticking to a system and and to eleven that would you know just bring a bit of excitement, quite frankly. That's not just pumping up long to nobody. Uh, Jonathan and Carl mentioned that one. Um, an interesting one, which I want to get our thoughts on, is that. So Ken, who's a regular to the podcast, um, mentioned about how he would bring in a more experienced coaching head along Manning and Hog, alongside Manning and Hogg, um, as he feels, or he mentioned how he might feel that um, Manning and Hogg don't have the experience to navigate this sort of situation at the moment. So uh, Ross, what's your thoughts on that one, mate? Well, I completely disagree with that. I think you look at Kieran McKenna at Ipswich, Took one of the probably biggest jobs in League One, and um, he's more than coping without the experience. Um, and yeah, you can argue, obviously, um, he had he had the United set set up and all this, but uh, we are seeing big managers um, who haven't got experience as such as foot foot in their managerial career succeeding. Um, Bill at QPR, uh, Russell Martin, obviously, we know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, granted, he, he, he didn't do anything magnificent at Don's. Um, uh, obviously, in, in in the Prem, obviously, I don't know, it's it's easy to say because they can spend millions, but obviously Arteta is obviously the key one um, up, up top. So to say, obviously, the experience, and I know, obviously, Arteta worked with Pep Guardiola and this and that, but I think I think it's a bit harsh to say um, he had, he hasn't got the experience in terms of, yeah, he was over in Belgium, and obviously, I don't know Hogg's background too much, um, but I believe he was in the Newcastle setup. Yeah, it was under twenty three manager, I think. Um, so, in terms of the experience, obviously, I don't believe we would have got where we were um, last season if if Manning wasn't a good manager. Um, but again, he he probably still is learning on the job, so I can see where obviously Caden's coming from, but I think. That's a very bold call to say he hasn't 
he hasn't got the experience and he needs a number a number two as such um because of i i do believe if manning went to another team in this league and he got backed um i do, i do believe he would succeed yeah yeah i definitely could better myself better myself so i think we'll leave that comment there um and the final one for this Lisa, just one thing to add on that oh, go on yeah go on i think there's no doubt in my mind that he's a good coach and can coach players. We've seen what he's done in his track record, especially you know at academy level. But one thing I look at, if you want a difference between him and Russell Martin, when Russell Martin came in, we were dour, we were shite, quite frankly, and playing the worst football I'd ever seen under Paul Tisdale in League One. We were right down the bottom. And his almost charisma, energy, it like reinvigorated the team. And we then stayed up pretty well. I mean, obviously the season was cut short, but that was what I felt, you know, obviously along with the coaching side of things, he had that personality, that um, charisma that almost turned it round. So, I mean, maybe that's the sort of angle that Ken is coming from rather than the... They're also his mates. They, They were playing alongside him, so... Manning's always going to be at a disadvantage because of he's not playing alongside his players. Russ played and you, you could say that was a disadvantage. No, but the, the friendships and it's... everything, you, you the trust and everything. So obviously, Russ, I think was he was pretty much vice captain that season. Yeah, let's yeah. be honest. Um, and the, the the friendships and everything, Manning had to create that when he came in. Russ didn't. He he already had that there. The trust was there as hmm. as an individual. Of course, but I think Manning's never had a period in football where he's, you know, he's had to, you know, we've had, when when things were going good, it was going good. But I think it's a different skill to then bring up a team from the floor and raise them up. And I think that what Man, the what Martin had helped him do that. And that's what I think, I, that's where I think maybe Ken's coming from, that, that angle. You know, you look of... Um, Someone in the past, like you know Neil Warnock, when he comes into teams and almost firefights, keeps them up. So, so you know, with Neil Warnock, yes, he he won a few promotions, but in in the last few years, you know, you think at Middlesbrough, it did go a bit stale. But one thing he did do is when he first came into Middlesbrough, they were crap and they were on their knees. And what what did he do straight away? He just turned them around. He reinvigorated the place. He put got just energized it. So I think that's maybe where. Ken is coming from rather than the whole the coaching aspect and uh, yeah obviously there's a point about changing manager we've gone over that already um, January window is the other one that came up uh, Craig and Paul mentioned that one um, for me the January window is just too late um, obviously yes it can fix stuff to get me wrong we can, we can lose some some players if we wanted to and maybe bring some other loans back in but we can't do one in the January window um, and I just feel that we're better off just going with option one from this question, just going back to a fallback where we can actually play some bloody football for once instead of just playing God knows, God knows what we're doing now um, and just see where we can get to in two months. Um, and then you know, hopefully we can get some credibility back in the market to which then we can actually get some players back because playing like we are now in January, they're going to do jack, quite frankly, in terms of getting players in. There's no players are going to want to come here uh, with the way we're playing right now. So whilst I whilst I appreciate the January point, I just think it's a bit of a pointless comment right now until we start playing football again. Um, I don't know what you, your boys' thoughts are on it. Yeah, just we're leaving. You know, obviously we've got Tanai and Mo. They're two players that are currently out. 
Um, but also on Saturday, on Tuesday night, we had Dan Kemp, we had Dara Burns, didn't even make the bench. And I've probably forgotten another two or three, you know, couple of senior players. You know, we've already got a, a decent sized squad where senior players are being left out that are fit, you know, in Dan Kemp and Dara Burns. Um, and then I met, I met, like I say, I may have missed one or two out as well. People, people are being left out as it is. So unless people are going, then there's no space. The only thing I can see is potentially a loan or two. Um, I'm sure that certain clubs aren't going to be too happy with game time. Um, perhaps if Louis Barry doesn't start getting a run of games, likewise with Henry Lawrence, maybe that's something that their parent clubs will look at and want to change. But I think in terms of permanence, unless there's a significant exit, I can't, can't see it. Yeah. Um, okay. The final question. Um, we'll try to end on a positive note. Um, have there been any positive signs? Ross, has there been any positive signs this season for Dons? Uh, I think you can, at the moment, you could say no. But I think I think um, the Watford performance, the Morgan performance, I think they're two things what I'm, I'm personally holding on to at the moment. And yeah, it's probably wrong for me to say that, but I, we on that night we we saw the ability of some of those players. Yeah, there was a few stray passes and this and that, but we know what they can do. And it's a case of like Greg playing to his strengths. That's just the simple thing of football at the moment. We're not playing to anyone's strengths. And when Henry Lawrence, uh, Lawrence comes on the pitch, I think I think it was was it against Shrewsbury, or was it? I can't remember. Anyway, the last game he played, um, no, it was against Peterborough at home, sorry. He yeah, came Peterborough, on. yeah, yeah. For the last 10 minutes, he actually looked like he was having an impact into the game. It was like, I think with some of these players, and I won't label out players, but in certain positions, there's not enough competition. And um, I just feel personally, um, especially, I'll say it because of it is what it is, Harvey, left wing back, there's no competition for him. So he knows full well that that place is guaranteed. He knows he's going to get picked each week, no matter what performances he does on the pitch. Yeah, granted, he might say something different and he might say, think he's having a seven out of 10 each week and this and that, but there isn't enough competition down the left. Down the right, yeah, tonight's out. Um, and then obviously we've got, we've got obviously two, two loanees. I'd rather obviously tonight, be, with tonight being fit, Obviously, you pick tonight. I just feel like, like, and up top, sorry, that was my last point. Greg, we spoke prior to this season, he was third to fourth, fourth choice striker. Yeah. And now he's our main striker. That's the issue we've got. Yeah. We, we can hold on to Mo being fit. But do you seriously think Mo's going to work into this system? I don't. Because no chance in the What system? What system? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hoofball. <laughs> This is this is what I mean. We're we're not creating the chances for Mo to put him in the back of the net. So how is he supposed to? So yeah, I get I get the point of having injury players, but you've got to have a good squad to do anything in this league, and we saw that last year. Yeah, it's funny. Obviously, the one the one praise that the well the club got and the club gave themselves is the amount of depth they've got. But it's just a well, I'm not gonna say. Well, it's a pile of shit at the moment, quite frankly. Got Nathan um, Holland on the bench on Tuesday. Should have brought him on. Oh, this is another one as well. And that one, you know, that one is clearly the influence of one player, of one person at the club. But 
you know, I was, we were looking, we were saying about our side, we were like, oh yeah. Yeah, mate, you look good. Yes, you know, we've got Rushed a proper in. winger in. Yeah, yeah, look good, man. What on earth has happened? He started, what, one league game? Yeah. But mate, watching the players all up on Tuesday night, none of them looked bothered at all. Holland was one of them. He just did not look interested. And can you blame him? This like, is what, this is where you can't, think... Can you blame him though? I don't know. Yeah, but this is where I think Ken was coming from because it the place just seems flat. And it's almost like you need someone to come in and tell them how great they are and how, or give them a kick up the ass, you know, alternatively. You know, I think that's what you need. And it's, I saw Mark Fotheringham came in at Huddersfield. And Ross, you were telling me yesterday about how he, he said in his interview, um, people, fans were calling for John uh, two players to come into the team. And he said, if they only want to train properly three out of five times a week and they want to coast, they're not going to be in my team. Huddersfield won at the weekend. You know, obviously, I'm not saying, oh, he's Christ, he's he's made it. He's, he's solved the problem. But it's just that sort of, sometimes you just need that freshness. Because at the moment, everything seems flat. And I really, really want Liam Manning to see this through. Because, you know, it's his, almost a team built in his image, so to speak. You know, it wouldn't have been Liam Sweeten just buying players and playing football manager himself in a laptop in an air-conditioned office or something. This is going to be, you know, it's discussions with Liam Manning, what he wants in different types of players. You know, so let's see this. Let's see this team that we, you know, we were thinking about in pre-season. Yeah, and there's obviously some names that people are saying is positive in the season so far. Uh, Dennis, Devoy, Burns. I think with all of those three, maybe more so the latter two, is Dennis still showing a bit there's a bit of passion there. There's something there, especially with the Irish lads. Like Jules, I'm, I'm really yeah. Jules still on that list. Yeah, around. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, with those 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 four of them, there's actually something there you can actually see when they're playing football. And like some of the others, you just this could not get Jamie coming. Yeah, coming there also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something oh, not one other part. thing, Daniel Oyagoke's tackle in the first game against Cambridge. Probably my moment of the season so far. <laughs> <laughs> what a challenge! Won the ball ref. That's what we need to see, though. A bit of something like that. It's like none of this like half-assed bullshit that we've been seeing recently. It's just rubbish. We played back for that game, and do you remember? I don't know if you, when you came on, he was really making things happen. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's enough of that. Um, we'll take we'll take a short little break, and then we'll get into Plymouth at home, which I'm sure everyone's looking forward to. Family fun day. It's going to be a great day. podcast is a proud member of the fan hub 100 football without fans is nothing so we've partnered with fan hub to put fans first search fan hub app to play your part in the journey okay family fun day everyone's favorite home game of the season i'm sure you get to go to marshall arena go on some bouncy castles i'm sure something like that and uh watch dons be careful um, that Liam. Well, well, I mean, I, yeah, I know I can get carried away, but <laughs> just make sure you take your shoes off. <laughs> but um, obviously, yeah, Plymouth at home coming against top of the league, a team on I've got 31 points so far. Um, they're a pretty good team, aren't they, Joe? Yeah, um, I mean, to put it short, Plymouth have won 10 of their last 11 games. Um, they currently sit first outright in uh, League One. And in their last few games, they feature games against Sheffield Wednesday, which they won. They won away to Wickham, 
They won at home to Ipswich and they drew away to Portsmouth, just to name some of their last six games. These, this, they aren't no mugs, this team. And they've got goals all over the pitch. Um, dangerous wing-backs in Joe Edwards and Barley Mumba on loan from Norwich. They can play two up front with Hardy, Cosgrove, Ennis, or they can play people and wingers in behind in Finazaz, Danny Mayer. They've got industry in the midfield in the likes of Butcher, Randall, Jordan Houghton. And they've got four or five centre-backs that fit seamlessly across their back line. And probably, you know, we said it last season, one of the best goalkeepers in the league in Michael Cooper. So, um, I mean, last time we played them, I believe the score was 5-0. I mean, I mean, I would love to say it would be a similar game, but I think there might be a swing the other way of a similar amount. Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't the first one to say it. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be sure of that. Um, yeah, I don't but think it's... Plymouth uh... are odds against for this game. No way. I looked, I looked this morning, they're 2.15. Oh, wow. Gamble responsibly, of course. BigGambleAware.com. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me and me and Ross were sort of looking at the nil-nil at half-time at two as well. We were like, mm, this is interesting. And then uh, Bradley Johnson <laughs> decided to uh, have a little hug with one of their attackers or something. So that was nice of him. Um, yeah, listen, they're, they're a great team, aren't they, Ross? And it's going to be... Dante got some battle on the round here. Yeah, and I think... Um... Obviously, Danny Mayer, he's just got injured. I think it's a bit of a let-off for us, but I, I, they've got so many options on and off the pitch in terms of the depth in the squad. And obviously, I I was having a joke with Joe about Sam Cosgrove, um, I think, last week. Um, he's actually hitting form. And obviously, he, he didn't work out at Aberdeen and it didn't work out at Shrewsbury, I think it was. But it's, it's it, no, it worked hit. out at Aberdeen. Didn't work out at AFC or Shrewsbury. AFC Shrewsbury, that's it, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it just seems, he seems to be hit, hit the ground running, but he's got the competition up top also in Ryan Hardy. Um, he, he, he's just competing, he's competing and making Cosgrove get even better of a player. And I just feel that's something we lack. And we talk about goals. This playing side, I, 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 I genuinely fear for Saturday. The amount of goals this team potentially could score against a a poor Don side, and we're, we're literally polar op- opposites as such. We can't we can't score goals, but they can. And I think I, I do feel like Manning um, will try and hold hold them to nil nil. I, I feel like he'll take a point in this sort of game, and um, I don't feel like we're going to see personally any improvement. On Tuesday, I just feel like it'll be a case of um, avoiding embarrassment. You know what? You're exactly right because he he said in his own press conference, "But oh, you know, we were, we were pretty solid defensively. Uh, obviously, still lost the game, and this is against you know long ball can barely pass the ball to Bristol Rovers, and now we're going up against top of the league Plymouth, who even without a few players, you know, are you know still ridiculously better in terms of quality than us." We're probably going to see, probably like Peter Brown over again, probably seen the first five, 10 minutes. And then we'll be like, oh, well, great. We're stuck, we're stuck with five at the back for another 40, 50 minutes to make some changes. And the game is already dead and buried. Maybe we can each say one thing that we want to see change for this stage. Well, game. I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, to what this, this I, game? Yeah. I mean, me personally, I was, you know, I think back to one, our best result last season was Rotherham away. And what was the one thing that we did in that game was we were aggressive and we were attacking and we we went there with intent. 
you know, last night playing against, you know, almost saying that against a team that is in and around us in the league, let's consolidate and try and keep it tight. Like, I get the situation, but, you know, attack is the best form of defence, blah, blah, blah. You know, attack's what we've been lacking. You know, defensively, we've said it. We've not been, okay, right, we've not been great whatsoever. But in general, it's, it's been mistakes that have been costing us. It's not necessarily as if we've been ripped from pillar to post and it's been absolutely horrific. Okay, there was a couple of moments like that against Shrewsbury and Peterborough. But before those two games, it's not really been like that. And so for me, I just want to see us just to have some intent, having a, a good attacking, exciting lineup. We've got exciting players. We've got players that have done, they might not have necessarily done it this season, but we know we've got players that can get fans off their seats. And I want to see, you know, no team is invincible. You know, let's, let's have a go at them. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to see a fullback with, with Burns, Barry and Dennis at front. And it's it's bloody it's bloody family fun day. The one time a, there's a chance we actually get fans in the stadium because we drew tickets. Let's just go for it. They're like, what have we got to lose realistically? Um, we're not we're not going to win games by parking the bus essentially and you know going for a nil nil. We're not it's not we're not going to keep a clean sheet against Plymouth. Like realistically, if they plan for that the rest of this week, then oh, it's ridiculous, quite frankly. Um, so yeah, I was wanted, a bit like Joe. I wanted to want them to just go for it, quite frankly. And if we if we lose. We're probably going to lose anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I'd rather just see some attacking football and, you know, who knows? We might get a win. Who knows? I've seen stranger things happen. Ross, what do you reckon, mate? Uh, I, think, I think you guys nailed it in terms of well, why should we be scared of Plymouth Argyle? It's, it's a case of we, yeah, granted they're, they're top of the league. 11 and, reasons I've got for you, Ross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but we should be using this as a free hit if, if, the, if the players are looking at it like that. And I think it's a case of let's let's play our own game and let in the first 15 minutes, let's try and dictate our game and implement our style and get it on the floor and play through the channels. And yeah, I don't mind the odd long ball it, it, through the channel if, if our wing backs are trying to push forward this and that, but I'm not watching five at the back, um, camped in our own half, Bradley Johnson getting... In, in the ball getting intercepted from him yet again for the fifth time. I'm, I'm not watching it, watching that style of football. And I know we, we last season, we, we talked about the MK way and of re, the recent performances have been nothing like that. And I think we need to go back to what we know this Don side can do and play with an intent, as Joe said, but also don't play safe. I hate playing safe and then, pumping it up long as, as I've just mentioned so yeah it's just a free hit and just go for it yeah because they're going to go with five back and just hoover fit we might as well TGIs and get a pint half time or something like we must oh, go right. then because what's the point like <laughs> end of the day there's no point in being there if they're going to do that so yeah you're completely right let's get back to playing the MK way and just to see what happens um, because I've seen strange things happen quite frankly so, I believe on that note, um, hopefully everyone, well, can try and enjoy Saturday at least. Um, we'll, we'll try our best and hopefully, um, obviously we'll have, uh, yeah, we two games to reflect on next week. So obviously we'll be at Warsaw also for the Papa John. So, I'm sure we'll have a quick chat about that on, on uh, next week's episode also. So, uh, until then, come on you dons.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.